You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. Sean, we're going to take a cue from old Golf Digest articles, how to get ready for the golf season. You know, the Masters is now in our rearview mirror. A lot of you are coming out of hibernation, right, and excited to start playing. Weather's turning nice. And there are a few things that you want to do heading into each season that hopefully you'll get into the habit of doing that will certainly help help your play during season. Yeah, so let, let's look at this from a way – a little different angle from golf teachers. Let's say you're the you're the guy that or the gal that doesn't doesn't want to. You're not going to change your swing. It's already almost season. You're like, I'm just going what I got. Sure. Which is most golfers. Fine. Most which is, golfers. Which is good. And you know, years ago when there was an off season on the PJ Tour, that guys would get ready like that, right? They would do their changes kind of preseason. Jack Nichols would go see Jack Grout, and this is kind of how this whole podcast episode got in my head because there was an old. Um, Golf Digest articles of the preseason primer. I can see the cover right now. I got every golf magazine and Golf Digest growing up. I'd run out to the mailbox and grab it and read it cover to cover. And I can see some of these covers still. And it, what it was was Jack talking about, you know, every year he would go see Jack Grout and he would tell Jack, Jack Grout, hey, I want you to treat me like I'm a beginner. And this is Jack Nicholas saying this to Jack Who? Grout. Yeah. He'd say, I want you to treat me like a beginner. Because he knew that all that playing for that season. Because back then, the guys, you didn't travel with your coach on the road like now. You would you would go see him, beginning of the year, get a couple things that you need to work on, and you went out and played golf. You didn't really have the chance to have your coach with you every week. So the magazine article laid out a few things. Jack would go see his coach and, and didn't really talk about the swing that much. He would just say, give me my grip. Put my hands on the club for me perfectly. Tell me where to set up. Give me the right amount of hip bend, the knee flex, the alignments. Give me all of that so that I can have a reset on what I'm doing before I even take the club away. Because obviously Jack was huge on the fundamentals, and it helped him win a lot of majors. The, the most majors. The most majors. <laughs> so that, that was part of it. Just get a, get a checkup. Doesn't even need to be a, a swing overhaul, right? And by the way, that can be done. All that can be done indoors. Yeah. Like that. that's something that should never really kind of fall out. Exactly. So, so let's say you started there. The next thing you can do that most people do not think about with how much it causes poor golf, and it does, is get your grips changed. Get them, if you play a decent amount of golf, change them once a year. Mm-hmm. I know that as soon as my grips get slick, I start playing bad. Because I'm over, I can't, and even subconsciously to the point where I don't even realize I'm gripping it a little differently. Yeah, I mean, we both had picked up clubs out of bags during lessons, and like, there's no way I'd be able to hold on to this club I mean, at any kind of speed. No way. And, and the guy, you know, he'll say, hey, man, you're about ready for some grips. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, and just laugh it off. Like, 
No, bro, you need some new grips. Like, I could not play golf with these clubs. <laughs> right. Like, not because of the clubs weren't good. They're probably like PXGs or something. Right. They spend all this money, but they just don't realize how much the grip tackiness affects the golf swing. It's a, a crazy thing. But I know, you know, I can almost remember playing a golf tournament and getting home. My dad grabbed my grips and said, you know, if he's a good golfer. He's like, uh, when's the last time you changed your grips? Because I, I was in charge of changing my own grips. Dad would buy the grips and the tape and the solvent. I'm out back. I'm almost cutting my hand off. Now, it has gotten more painful because grips are astronomically priced now than where they used to be. But, you know, it's your game. You're investing money in yourself in your golf game. Go find grips. Not only that feel good in your hands, but they fit you. If you have a little bigger hands, try a little bigger grip. There's a lot of that going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryson with big grips. So, you know, try try a different – just put it on one iron. If you want to change the size of your grips, just put it on the seven iron and try it for a little while. Right. If you like it, change them all. If not, just put regular, you know, Tor Velvet grips on your clubs or whatever it is that you like, but just make sure they're tacky and they're new probably once a season depending on how much you play golf. Yeah, once a season's a pretty good rule of thumb. Um, cause it just, I don't think golfers appreciate how, you know, the hands are fleshy, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's give in the hands and we're talking about face angle now, actually where the ball goes and there's the grips are made out of rubber. So there's a little bit of play in just the rubber itself. Now, if you, if you put an, an element of less friction in between those two, which is what worn grips do now you're compounding your variable this word yeah. variableness Ver- and face angle you're compounding your ability to lose control of the club face and you know a few a few degrees is a massive difference i mean if i feel like the club's coming out of my hands i'm just making some crazy golf swing i do it and I you get it. tighter and tenser yeah. yeah there's no doubt so get get your preseason fundamentals checked get your grips make sure they're good go see a club fitter okay go see someone that you trust you're not there to let's say you're not there to buy clubs. You're just there to get your lofts and lies checked to make sure they fit you and make sure there's not something crazy going on with like your iron shafts. Probably iron shafts usually can get in the ballpark, but the driver shaft is super important. Have them look at the driver shaft, make sure it matches what you're doing in your swing. Maybe you can just with the new drivers adjust the loft of the driver or the face angle, and the club fitter can help you do that. That's something that you can do. Immediate makes immediate impact on your game. I'm blown away by you talk about grips wearing out of how many golfers who have never had their lofts and lies checked. Exactly. Well, I just, these are new clubs. Yeah. I've, I've only seen one set of irons come out of the box and be within spec one. So it doesn't matter who the manufacturer is. It doesn't matter, you know, your trust in those irons. You have to know that your irons are correct. Like you can't go off the order form. That doesn't mean, they magically come in the box that way. Yeah. We've seen it with pro tour player irons being way out of spec. We've seen it with everything down and every manufacturer. Like, make sure those things are checked. And if you travel a bunch, airplanes are brutal on those specs in your clubs. They just get out, especially if you have forge clubs. No, absolutely. With, with the Putter clubs. included. Putter's yeah. a big one. Oh, yeah, that, that's another one. Go get a – I mean, you can go find someone that has a, some technology like a Sam Putt Lab. Mm-hmm. Get your get your putting stroke evaluated. Make sure the loft on your putter and the lie angle is correct. You don't have to be buying new clubs. You can you can have your own clubs that you have now adjusted to fit a little more or less of what you're doing, especially if you're still making a pretty good stroke, but you tend to add a little more loft at impact. Have them take a little loft on it, 
or vice versa, a little loft off it, or vice versa. So you can get the ball rolling end over end. That's an easy change that really doesn't cost that much money, but you start putting better right away. So that's another equipment um, aspect of it that you can use to start improving. Was a little quick story about the putter. I was with one of our tour players, and we were doing the the Wednesday pro am. And one of the um, this is why some some pros are real real kind of nervous about the AMs picking up their clubs and Dave, I know David. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so the, the the AM picked up his putter and made a few strokes with it, and and he dropped it on the cart path. And uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know he was embarrassed that he dropped it. You know, it it landed on the bottom of the club, thank goodness, so it didn't put any kind of weird marks on the face. But throughout the rest of it, like four or five holes left to go, all of a sudden the putting changed. And after the round, we're like, Let, let's go get that putter checked. And it, it bent two and a half degrees. It changed his line on two and a half degrees. Because when it hit the cart path, it landed kind of on the bottom of the toe, and it bent that club more upright. And that's how quickly these things can get out of spec. So at least start the season. You know, everybody leans on their putter when it's not their turn to practice. That's a lot of weight being put on a very small, thin piece of metal. It can bend easily. And it bends easily, especially if you have more of a milled, kind of higher-end putter. Uh, so, yeah, there's just you're, – you're putting yourself you're, – you're starting at the start line from neutral. You're not spotting yourself any disadvantages by having your equipment specced out. Yeah. And then the next one, you know, staying on the equipment line is, is your wedges, especially the wedges you hit around the green the most. Like I use my 60 all the time. So it wears out fast. So I think Titleist did a study. You can go on their website. Do not quote me on this. I think it was like 85 rounds or something. There was a a certain, maybe 25% drop off in spin. I could be off on the actual numbers there, but it was, it was, it was enough for me to think, Oh wow, that's a lot more than I thought it was. And that's why you need to keep an eye on your wedges. Some of you, y'all probably have wedges that you've had in there for 10 years. Like, oh, I'll just change my irons out. My wedges are fine. What you don't realize is you've hit them so much and hit them out of the sand and all these other shots you're hitting, it, grew, it grinds the face off. So now you've, you're hitting with a slick face. You're not getting the spin you want. So that nice chip that should have been three feet from the hole is now nine feet. You don't make the putt. You do that a few times around. You start understanding how important it is these wedges especially the ones you use around the green a lot they have good grooves um especially if you live in kind of a sandier climates like we, we, we play on bermuda down here and the bermuda just from the maintenance of the grass is always being sanded so even if you're not taking bunker practice if you take bunker practice that degrades the life even faster because you just you're literally sandpapering the face of the wedge every time you make a swing so any debris like that degrades the spin and a good rule, and it's and it's again, this is painful because wedges nowadays are not cheap. You buy a set of Vokies or a set of Pings or whatever, they're not cheap. But like you said, you know, go to the one you use the most. We all kind of tend to practice with one club or warm up with one club more than others. And think of grips, gloves, and wedges. They're all disposable. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because none of those are cheap right now but they're all disposable and they all really start to degrade fairly quickly. Probably grips the least gloves and wedges degrade pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and on this same topic, I went to the TaylorMade kingdom a few years ago. Uh, I was with TaylorMade for quite a while selling clubs for them. And they were nice enough to invite me out to the kingdom. And I got to go through all the different 
parts of the operation. Then we got into the uh, the spot where they milled the wedges, and uh, it was when Tiger had first base. He's only been there maybe a year, and they mm-hmm. were trying to get his wedge dialed in because what used to have to happen, he had his wedge guy. I think was in Texas, and he would send him like ten wedges, and Tiger would pick out one or two that were about right. Well, now TaylorMade came up with their mill grind, and they were um, they got the tiger spec, whatever he exactly wanted. He was there, obviously guiding the process. And then they had the wedge, right? The TW wedge. And then they would, um, they would give him a brand new wedge every single week. And that's when I started thinking to myself every week, this guy has a brand new wedge in his bag. So the average guy once a year, if you're playing a lot of golf once a year is probably about right. But that really stuck mm-hmm. with me that they were, they were, they, lo- he loved it because now it wasn't hand done. It was a milled wedge that was exactly the same. And they just hand him a brand new wedge every week. So his, his, his grooves were perfect. I've ground a lot of wedges over the years. And it's it's a lot of art involved. And trying to match every saying. couple weeks or whatever, it's nearly impossible, even for the best grinder. Um, yeah. So those guys, you know, they get paid. They get those clubs for free. Why wouldn't you put a new one in or a fresh one? Certainly every few weeks. But for the rest of us uh, who buy our clubs, right, a year, two years is pushing it if you play a lot of golf. If you have a 10-year-old wedge, your short game is suffering. Yeah, and, and uh, something that you could also do, and I've seen a couple guys do this. I never really thought about it much till right now. You could have, a like, your gamer wedge, and you could have your practice wedge. Absolutely. That way, you know, you've got one that you keep kind of for the golf course. As long as you spec them. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's not. It's really not a bad idea. No, I mean, they're going to go bad anyway. So yeah. why not just have a crappy one that you can warm up with and practice with? Because especially on ranges that have a lot of kind of like bad lies and dirt and rocks mm-hmm. and stuff, and get beat up. <laughs> yeah. You're hitting a lot of balls, especially if you're on a range and it's a little bit damp and the balls have a little dirt on them or sand. It, right. It's like literally you start sanding the. the that's face what you're off. doing. You're, you're you're blunt sanding those wedges. So that way, you know, you've got a couple wedges. That's that's another way to do it. But um, you know, that's your equipment primer. Um, we went through grips, right? Grips, yep. And go. the one thing we didn't mention with the grips that will extend the life of them is to clean them. Yeah, yeah that's another <laughs> thing. Um, we've tested out a couple. That's products. free, pretty much. Yeah, there's a couple of products out there that have like the water. A bottle connected to the scrub brush. No, I'm talking about grips. Oh, clean the grips. Yeah. Okay, that's a great point. So keep them clean. They used to have a tool that I had at the house when I was a kid that you could put water and soap in and rub it up and down the grip, mm-hmm. and it would clean them. But my dad would also have me sandpaper the grips, and it would give mm-hmm. them more life. So I would take like a real thin grit sandpaper, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I was trying to get the most out of these babies. Absolutely. I mean, especially now. Back then, they weren't. Now they're 10 12 15 bucks a piece. Yeah, so I would sand them and keep them good as long as I could. Uh, but I would also, you know – you, you mentioned, too, something you can do in the round. I know this is kind of all over the place, but keep your grooves clean. Yeah, to your advantage. I mean, the amount of lessons that come in, like caked up grooves. We, we always um, mark up a 7-iron when we do gears, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've had to go up and clean mud and, and grass and everything out of grooves on the 7-iron just to get the tape for the markers to stick to the – yeah, so take I – mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, I would. I would have to. I mean, my. I had to bring my clubs in every night and clean them. So I mean, I guess got used to having yeah. clean clubs. You know, if I had someone keeping an eye on me back then when I was younger, my dad would, you know, have me do all this stuff. It was a pain in the rear end back then, but I, I finally understood what he's trying to do. Is like, hey man, you got, 
how are you going to hit these clubs? They got dirt caked in the grooves. And it's what got you to the PGA Tour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly right. But, you know, some of that stuff now I can help people with because they they show up. They they don't even realize a lot of this stuff is hurting right. their game. Yeah. So there's you, there's it's there's a lot of ways you can improve your golf swing or improve the result of your shot, we should say. It's not all just swing. Exactly. We didn't really talk about swing much here at all. And sometimes it's it's, you know, playing the game is – less about swing mechanics, right? And, and some of this stuff we're, we're talking to you about today will allow you to play better. And, and another thing I'll say here before, before we end, you know, maybe beginning of the season, you know you're not going to, uh, you know you're not going to take a bunch of lessons. Some right. people aren't going to anyway. Figure out a shot shape in the beginning of the season. Pick a shot shape, whether that's a fade or you hit like a sling and draw or whatever you hit and hit it over and over and over and over again until you know that when you take a swing, that's the shot that's coming out. Especially if you're not going to get a lot of swing work in. Yeah. Pick the one that's easiest for you to do and learn how to play with that shot shape. I've been around a lot of guys that slice it around the golf course. If they can chip and putt and hit the ball decently far, those guys can play. You can score. Exactly right. So, again, it's not always about the golf swing, but this is kind of getting into the season now. We jumped around a little bit. But uh, these are just some thoughts from us that I know can help you guys shoot lower scores. And in the end, really, that's what it's all about.